Yeah, and I think it is okay to say, you know, um, I do feel lonely sometimes on my own, or I do get a little bit upset if I'm in a place, you know, that's bringing back some memories for whatever reason, or I am at that point when I'm looking at something completely incredible and I would love to share it with somebody, but I'm on, it's fine to say that. I mean, everybody feels that way, or everybody, but I think most people would feel that way. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I have an amazing guest today who I found, as usual, on Facebook or on social media. She is an amazing lady who started a group called Women Over 50 Traveling Solo and Loving It. And she is an adventurer and she knows that we can be solo in style and she has a good sense of humor and she's a foodie and she does a lot of other things. And I think we are going to find it all out now during these next 40-ish minutes. And welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Deborah Ives. Oh, thank you very much. What a lovely introduction. Pleasure to, to meet you and a real pleasure to talk to you today about one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> I think it's both our favorite subjects, so it takes one to no one. Right. So let me start. I have one standard question because I was telling you before, I don't have a set of standard questions, but I have one. When were you on a plane for the first time? Oh, gosh. When was I on a plane for the first time? Probably when I was uh, in my second or third year at uh, university and I went off to America to um, as part of a uh, program where you could be a counsellor on on a summer camp in America. So I flew to New York and I worked on this camp. I can remember it today. It was called Camp to Wonder. We were in the foothills of some mountain range and children from New York and New Jersey came to spend the summer at at the camp. And I was, um, as I say, a counsellor there, had a fantastic time. And then we sort of worked for two months and then I um, got together with two or three other girls and then we travelled all the way down to the Florida Keys and back up um, in a rented car. And and, and that was probably one of the things that... um, yeah, that started my lust for travel. Yeah, definitely. How amazing. And I was just going to say, was that the thing that kicked it off that sort of made you want to see more? Because I think that's what usually happens to us. We start with something and then this just opens up all the curiosity. Yeah, yeah. But, but I was, you know, I, I, as I knew we were going to be chatting today, I was kind of reflecting on, you know, why I love to travel. So I'm a Sagittarian and I think Sagittarius is one of the signs, if anybody believes in that. Travel is one of our passions. But but I obviously really wanted to go to America and therefore found this way of going at the age of what would I have been, maybe 20, 20. 21. But I look back on my childhood and we we always, uh, I always loved to travel, even though it was within the UK. So I was um, born and brought up in Yorkshire. And as a child, we always had a caravan in this lovely coastal town called Scarborough on the east coast of Yorkshire and still is one of my favourite places. And every weekend we would go there. And I remember so vividly being in the car on a Friday night and we were waiting to kind of get to that point where, you know, who would be the first to see the sea and the excitement of, you know, that whole adventure. And it was absolutely brilliant. And and uh, my dad was such a caravaner and we did we did go abroad before I went to America. We used to go on family holidays to France in the caravan. It was such a huge adventure. And I really got then this massive 
passioning for food, which has never left. But, you know, remembering kind of seeing a seafood platter in Brittany and like thinking I'd died and gone to heaven. And so I think I always wanted to travel. Going to America was me figuring out how to do it on my own, as it happened, even though I met it, you know, obviously in within a program. So, uh, so it's always probably always been there. Fantastic. So let, let's go back a little bit. You were not always a solo traveler. You became a solo traveler out of a need. Correct. So exactly. So like many, many women uh, in who I've met along the way and in my group, in my Facebook group, I suddenly found myself solo, um, sort of approaching 50, menopausal, uh, just un- very unexpected and... Um, and you know, I did not want to stop traveling. I had traveled a lot with my um, with my former husband. We'd been all over, found some fantastic di- um, holidays. I'm a keen scuba diver, so we used to go diving a lot together. And and in fact, um, when my life fell apart, I had um, we'd paid a deposit on an amazing trip to to Borneo, which had you know seeing the um, seeing the wildlife and then ending up on this beautiful beach uh, in on this amazing island to go diving, a place called Sipadan. And so I just thought, well, I'm not losing <laughs> losing this holiday. I'm going to go on my own. So I remember writing an email to the um, the company who had organised it and saying, "Is it would it be okay if I did it on my own? And this um, person wrote back and said, fine. So off I went. And um, I was absolutely scared to death. I went three weeks up through the jungles of Borneo there's so many adventures along the way and um, ended up in this beautiful resort, uh, beautiful island, Sipadan, and went diving. And um, and I think that trip changed my life completely. Wow. So that was definitely a, 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 leaving the comfort zone because, you know, normally you could start your new life or your solo life, maybe with a little trip to Vienna or I don't know. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, in at the deep end. But, you know, I'm so inspired when I read lots of other ladies you know, stories and posts in my group. I mean, these ladies, women all over the world are doing incredibly um, adventurous trips. And, um, and, and, and also exactly to your point, a lot of ladies are literally just, you know, stepping out in their own city, their own town, you know, or, or their own country, which is equally as adventurous. I just happen to have this one trip booked. Um, and as I say, you know, it, it was probably more of a financial decision than anything else. I didn't want to, you know, give up the deposits. I thought, right, that's it. I'm Fair going- enough. Good yeah. for you, because uh, why would you? But um, there is a big difference. This group that you have started and that has really, really impressed me because I love reading. I don't normally read comments on Facebook because <laughs> they can be very bitchy or nasty or something. But in this particular group, there is so much support and there is so much solidarity and there is so much cheering on. And um, I think it's a it's a very, very interesting age group because right. it's this age where you are you know, menopausal, you don't feel so attractive anymore, some of us. And it's invisible. It, yeah. it is invisible, exactly. Yeah. I always say I love Italy because that's the only, the, the, those are the only men who still notice you at our age. <laughs> yeah. so, but yeah. generally, yes, exactly. So um, you are, you were onto something really good. And I think you are, you, you have a huge impact on these people. Oh, well, that's really kind of you to say. I think, I mean, all, all I really think I do is facilitate 
um, you know, the, the, the sort of connection in it, it, it is an online connection. Um, and, um, and I think, you know, I, I look at some of the posts and some of the questions that are asked and some of the feedback, you're absolutely right. I don't think there's a place in the world that has not been covered in the group or a location, you know, in any city or somebody some it hasn't been to and can help with and give advice and, you know, share tips, which is the whole point of this group is to just encourage people. And many ladies join and say, Do you know what? I'm not there yet. I just am not ready. I like to just read what everyone else is doing. That's great. And others jump straight in with both feet. Like, That's it. You know, I've been... I've been, for whatever reason, unable to travel or been traveling with somebody else and now I'm on my own. I'm off. I'm not waiting any longer. So, um, yeah, it's, it is it is quite impressive, the feedback is. Uh, it is. And I have also yeah. noticed that there are actually people meeting up. You know, they are. Um, and in fact, I've um, uh, there have been many in, well, organized meetups. The ladies in Australia have just done this fantastic job and they have... Um, They've done sort of more sort of official events in the group and they're posted in the group. So, and it, we haven't, I haven't really pushed it as a place to meet up only because there's no security. Anybody can join. I don't personally feel comfortable just putting out there, I'm going to be here, come and meet me. So I don't encourage others to do it, but they do. Um, and that's obviously their choice to do that. And in fact, um, I'm working with an organization who are about to launch a new platform aimed at our age group who are going to formalize exactly that kind of situation where people will be um, verified onto the platform and then it's going to be a, a, a slightly more sort of safer place where people can connect to have a cup of coffee somewhere or to get a tip from somewhere or um, and and I'm very happy to promote that uh, because I think it's a little bit more uh, um, as I say, people are vetted. Vetted's not right, the right word, but people are verified before they join. So you have you um, know who you're going to be meeting up with. But on the other hand, I think especially once you have reached a certain age, you also have a you have common sense and a little bit of a feeling for what is safe and what is not. And um, the the thing is, in life, you can never be a hundred percent sure about anything. So right. uh, otherwise, you just won't leave your house. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. And and I think one of the big things about traveling, um, which I think happens perhaps more to solo people, although I'm the kind of person who likes to meet people and talk anyway, if, whether I'm solo or not. But as a solo traveler, I feel, you know, you probably do a little bit more of that because you're more aware of things. You have more time to yourself so you can kind of spend perhaps more time engaging with other people. So so I would invariably come back from any trip with, you know, new Facebook friends or friends, you know, that you uh, have met along the way. Um, so it's great. I mean, even though it's solo travel, one big aspect of it is connecting with other people. It totally is. And one thing that I miss a little bit comparing to the good old times is actually People don't talk to each other so much anymore because everybody is looking at their phone. You yeah. know, when we go back to the times when we had no phones, you, you, right. so, um, and of course I understand also that people are busy and sometimes they don't have time to chat, but I have met some really, really cool people on planes. Oh, God, absolutely. I'm always really excited to see who's going to sit next to me on a plane and you can end up chatting to some amazing people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And of course, then you also understand that some people don't want to chat and that's fine too. 
Correct. I agree. Especially long haul. You don't want <laughs> somebody sat next to you for eight hours <laughs> chatting your <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, that has happened to me too. Where yeah. you and, and of course, then you're polite and you don't say anything, but you really would like to sleep a little yeah, exactly. bit. Now. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah, I mean, you must have had a lot of different experiences on planes. What is your most fun experience on a plane ever? Do you oh, have a plane? Do you know, I'm not sure that I'm just, that's a tough one. I am actually, I've got to be really honest, especially on long haul, I kind of take my seat, put my headphones in. I actually love catching up on um, movies and um, and now, of course, you can get podcasts and things and, um, and curated music um, channels. But um, I do chat on planes, probably more short, short haul planes and, and for long journeys. I'm just saying, oh gosh, I have to come back to that question. I can't think of um I can't think of anything very interesting to say about that. That's uh, totally fine. That probably yeah. means that you've had a lot of good flights because yeah, uh, yeah, uneventful. They're always yeah, actually did. I did a podcast interview with a lady who has survived a plane crash. So oh my God. <laughs> yes. Good grief. Yeah. Tell me, um, now, going back to traveling, not only solo, but what was your favorite trip ever? Do you have one there? A favorite trip ever? Um, probably, yes, I think I probably do. It was when, um, and I, it was not solo, I went to um, swim with humpback whales in Tonga. So um, that was a kind of a three-week, they're kind of holidays, well, they still are holidays because I... I work um, as well. So um, I haven't done this really kind of take off around the world or go for extended periods, apart from one, which which actually I will explain a little bit. So in terms of a kind of an amazing holiday, that was incredible. Um, I've never really experienced anything like that. Um, And it wasn't diving. It was actually just snorkeling and swimming. You 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 weren't, probably still aren't allowed to dive with humpback whales. And on the way, uh, we we went to all kinds of amazing places. That was great. But probably another of my most memorable trips was fairly recent to 2016. I took a short career break and decided to volunteer to go to Rio de Janeiro and to work in the favelas there, supporting young people who were um, starting their own social enterprises. And so this was part of a... Um, an organized program and it, it turned out there were actually three of us one, one American lady myself and a lady from Holland so we ended up sharing a lovely apartment right on the Copacabana in in Rio and um, we went every day to work with our young entrepreneurs the, the young lady that I was working with was um, building up um, a, a program of healthy eating for children um teaching them about nutrition and where food came from. So I helped her um, design a website and we went and did talks around the city to other schools. And um, and so th- that was an absolutely incredible experience. I absolutely loved it. So that's probably one of my more memorable trips. And um, I think that's a great way for solo people to travel, to volunteer. Um, and I would definitely look at volunteering again. And it was a, it was a, you know, win-win situation. I was really, really wanted to see Rio, which I still think is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. And I, I knew that it was probably a little bit unsafe for solo women. And I ended up having probably one of the best experiences because we mixed with locals the whole time. And we, they, you know, I found myself on street corners, you know, at three in the morning at parties. And uh, I you would never do any of that if you went to, well, 
I would never have done any of that if I'd gone on my own as a tourist. Brilliant. Absolutely loved it. That's amazing. And you are a trained nutritionist, aren't you? I am. Yes, I am. I did that as a little bit of a a side project a few years ago. Just really interested in healthy eating and and the effect that it has um, on on our complete well-being. So, um, you know, sometimes I eat more healthily than others, depending where I am. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not obsessed by any means. And and But I am generally an absolute foodie. I mean, food, a lot of people ask in the group, you know, what inspires you to travel? Honestly, I do trips. I did a trip to Mexico to eat in one restaurant at this one that I had read about. Um, so I literally ended up booking so uh, organizing an entire like trip around a location or I look at people on TV. Uh, I, I don't know if you know Rick Stein, but he's a famous kind of uh, food uh, restaurateur and, and chef and, and he travels a lot around food and he goes all over everywhere. And I, and I have used, I followed, followed in his trail once to India uh, where he'd in, where he'd been and um, so I use food as an inspiration to travel a lot. I think food is also a connector I mean spending time with locals and sharing food with locals is a very very um, inclusive experience and I think we are not using this enough you know and I personally it bothers me when I go to, I just came back from Jordan this week right. and you know one of the first thing that you see is a McDonald's okay nothing against McDonald's sometimes it's necessary but we don't go to these places to eat McDonald's I know I know it's hard isn't it it really is and it's it's kind of like that odd situation whereby we all want to travel and we all want to experience something new and different but the more we travel the smaller the world becomes and the less unique the experience is so if you can find that true food experience, then I think you're right. I think it um I think it is, you know, part and parcel. And so many cultures, um, which I think is you know, when I look at you know television documentaries or watch food travel writers on TV or read, you know, their books or, or online blogs, so many cultures live through their food and pairing their food and serving their food. And it, it's it's Wonderful. Yeah. They put their soul in it. And I, especially here in this part of the world where I am in Cyprus, which is, I always say Cyprus is part of the European Union, but it is in the Middle East, you know, geographically, we are in the Middle East and we are closer to, to, uh, uh, Lebanon and, and, um, Jordan and Egypt than we are to Europe. And this part of the world is, you know, our biggest worry is that somebody could leave our house hungry. Right. We have to have a lot of food on the table. Like if we have 10 people, we cook for 20. And this is, I love this part of the world because of the famous, beautiful hospitality. Because the more you travel, as you say, the more you understand. But I also believe when you see these things, we, we, we realize that we are all the same. Oh, absolutely. And I think that culture, you're absolutely right. You know, I was just smiling to myself when you were saying about, you know, over catering. I mean, honestly, that's a kind of my motto in life is never knowingly under cater. I mean, I will always, I'm from a family of feeders and eaters and we love to same thing. You would be horrified if you ever thought that somebody had left your house not having having enough to food. And um, but it's just that whole. I think uh, back to your point about being on the phone. Um, I really miss sometimes that experience which you get or can get if you're traveling where you're in a you're joining some kind of 
local group or whatever to eat, you know, where you see the, you know, the, the large table, you know, and everyone sat around and people, it's not just the food, it's the talking and it's the engaging around it. And, um, and I mean, everybody, I think, you know, I, again, my family, we were very traditional. We had to eat at the table every night, you know, as a family. So I was always brought up like that. So I'm very used to it. One of the trickier things for solo travelers, I think, is eating alone. And that comes up a lot in my group of, of um, obviously it's ladies, but I'm sure guys feel the same way, how awkward or difficult they find it to eat on their own. And so, you know, I, I, we share tips on how to do that, but I completely understand that. It can be quite... I have a husband, but I also travel solo. And um, personally, I love being on my own, but I mm. can see how uncomfortable people could feel about it. And I think this is also maybe a, a tip for our solo travelers. If they get invited by a local person to eat with them, should they say yes? Should they not say yes? Or should they just find out themselves, like feel if it's safe or not? Oh, I think if they feel safe, definitely. Yeah. And again, but not everybody is interested in food, of course. Um, it's not obviously everyone's reason for traveling um, or enjoyment or passion. Um, I, I completely understand that. But I think if they feel safe, yeah, for sure. They should go for it. And because that can lead to so many, you know, that could lead to knowing a family that could need lead to understanding the culture more because food is culture. Totally. Absolutely. I totally agree. And yeah, I, I, yes, I'm just looking back on sort of pretty much most of my memorable moments <laughs> traveling, or a lot of them are based around memorable meals. I always kind of keep this thing in my head about memorable meals and they can be anything from, you know, a simple grilled fish, the freshest fish you ever had sat, you know, at the side of the beach or some fabulous I haven't done many Michelin-starred restaurants, but, you know, tasting menus in wherever. It can be any of those things. Or it can just be the location or it can just be that one, the people that you're with, if you know, people that you've met along the way. Yeah, I love the fact that you flew to Mexico because of a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it was a real disappointment. Oh, there's a lesson. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not I, won't name, I won't name it. No! <laughs> no. Do you know how I'd found it? That's the other thing. Honestly, I spend hours watching um, documentaries. And I and again, um, Netflix documentaries about chef's, chef's table. Yes. There's a series and it's, it's one of those. I won't say which one, but it was one of those. And I was so, right. so right. disappointed when I got there. But look, this is the thing. Also, I, I always find it quite difficult to recommend places to other people because yeah. tastes are so different. You know, something that may inspire me may yeah. not inspire somebody else or, 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 you know, tastes are different as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. then on the other hand, it, the only way to find out is to do it. Absolutely. And I think it's back and, and just sort of backtracking a little bit on that, uh, because the food, you know, the food was one thing, but the total experiences was, was the other. And as, as a solo diner, it was one of those places where I got stuck in the dark next to the entrance to the loo. And, you know, they whisked me through in 10 minutes because they didn't know what to do with me. And that affects like the whole experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how does somebody get a good table? on her own yeah. what is your best tip yeah well two I mean two things I try to do um I am a big fan of a long lunch when I'm on holiday so um depending where you are of course um a lovely table outside I just think of when I when I went to Crete that was fabulous I had a fabulous 
simple meal and a lovely table with a carafe of local wine, sat there for hours watching the sun go down and it was absolutely wonderful. So I love a long lunch. The other thing too I find help can be helpful is if depending again on the restaurant, if they have seats at, the, at like the counter, that's great. You can kind of engage with the, the, the people who are cooking sometimes. They'll let you try little things maybe. So I've had lots of places where that's worked really well. And, that is uh, actually a very good idea. And you can also have a good look around. Exactly. And you can, yeah, you can see everything that's going on. You can, um, you know, enjoy your food. You don't sort of feel obvious because if you're at a counter, there's people sat alongside you anyway. And um, that's worked really well. Of course, it's not always relevant. Not all restaurants have that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the places where I found it the most difficult are um, probably, just trying to think, Big restaurants where, you know, they're very busy and they just want you in and out. And mm-hmm. that other thing that they, that happens in restaurants and they do it all the time. And in fact, I heard um, a British comedian called Jack Whitehall was talking about this on um, a chat show. And he was a young guy eating on his own. And, and I just thought this is so true. He said, why does it happen when you go into a restaurant and you sit down? And the opening question is always like, just you or only you? Like, you shouldn't be. And then when you say yes, they whisk away. All the other cutlery. So suddenly that this, you know, you've got this klaxon, you know, you're sat on your own with your one with your one place setting. It's just really they do it to everybody, obviously, men and women, but um it that's just true. That's very weird. true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah, no, I've never thought of it, but it's very true. And it makes yeah. it makes you feel like so little just there by yourself with your little plate. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, when I went on my very first we talk about that very first trip that I went on solo when I went to Borneo and I ended up in this oh, I wish I could do that trip again because I would do it so differently. And I'd enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed it when I went the first time, but I was so nervous. And but what happened because I was out of season, I ended up literally having this totally personalized experience i i had personal you know um nature walks and game drives and everything was just just for me because i was the only one there but i went i turned up at this beautiful resort in the middle of nowhere i mean it was on this gorgeous river with a pygmy elephants and two in the middle of nowhere and i remember saying <laughs> And there were all these cabins and then there was this lovely central bit with a restaurant and a bar all, you know, built in the eco-friendly, beautiful. I remember saying, oh, how many people are staying here? And this lady said, oh, it's only you. <laughs> when I went to, when I went for my first meal, there was this huge dining room and there was this one place setting with just me. Well, and at least you didn't have to worry about finding a tape, a good tape. I know, I know. I did, um, I was absolutely horrified, but I ended up having the best time. In the end, the manager and his wife came and sat with me. We just had, just had brilliant evenings. It was like chat, 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 chat with, you know, people. It was great who worked there. It was so nice. So this is definitely a lesson here as well. You went. You could have easily said, you know, okay, you say, you'd say you're, you're admitting you say I went for the money, but you didn't only go for the money. You needed this trip. Right. And and I, one of the things that I talk about um, sort of when I was I did blog about all these earlier experiences Travel is such an important part of my life. And I had done it for 20 years with somebody and enjoyed it and been to these beautiful places. And if ever I was feeling as though I wanted um, to kind of drift off to a happy place, you know, to it was always travel. And I didn't want to do I didn't want any, you know, my ex-life to be that memory. I wanted my new memories of my travel on my own that I could kind of think about 
and feel really happy about without having to think, oh, I'm divorced and, you know, think about a marriage that didn't work. So that was kind of one of my main motivations. I just wanted my happy place and my new and happy memories. which To have your own. Yeah. Another thing that I want to talk about is media and how um, so much propaganda or so much misconception is spread about people in different places in the world. And once you start traveling, you understand that it's all rubbish and that these are nice people. I agree. Different religions, different colors, different whatever. I totally agree. And you can find good and bad people the world over. Um, And yet you're absolutely right. There are there are so many um, preconceived ideas about various countries that, you know, oh, that's a safe place to go for ladies. Oh, that's an unsafe place. And I'm sure, you know, you could you can look at lots of articles written in in the media about, you know, the top 10 safest places for ladies to Mm -hmm. travel. You know, I think it's where you feel comfortable and how um, open you are. And I think, you know, there's a lot to be said, like you mentioned earlier, trusting your gut, not putting yourself into dangerous situations, behaving, you know, in other countries as you would behave in your own and not expecting, you know, to be treated any better or any differently because you're in a different country. But, yeah, I mean, it's sad, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, people are generally the same that kind they are. I, I believe that there is the same percentage or amount of good and bad people in every single country in the world. Yeah, yeah, correct. And we are taught in so many ways that it's not and these people are bad and this place is bad. And as you say, I mean, that I think safety is made by us, of course. I'm not saying that there are places that, that you know, you really have to be more cautious or where you wouldn't go right now. But in mm-hmm. general, I think safety is really, really a matter of behavior. As you say, behave in a in a reasonable manner and, and speak to people. That's another thing. Speak to people in a non-concept, you know, don't, don't feel like you're superior, you know, like you're any right. better just because you're coming from Europe. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and I know security and safety is a big issue and um, lots of ladies, you know, take it very seriously and they travel with extra locks and door stops. And I have never done that myself, to be brutally honest. Um, and I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I felt unsafe. I'm trying to think of something. Maybe my second solo trip, which was probably the worst trip I ever did. I went to Buenos Aires on my own. I was so full of confidence after my first one, I thought I could go anywhere. So I learned to, t- so I had tango lessons in London. First, <laughs> I wanted to learn how to tango. And the tangoing bit was actually good fun and I really enjoyed it, but I didn't speak a word of Spanish. I was in this huge city on my own. There were areas that I went into where I didn't feel particularly safe, but you just turn around and you leave. And I learned a lot from that. You know, how to choose a hotel. I've chosen absolutely the wrong place to stay. How to, you know, what to plan in advance, do more research. I I probably should go back there now and I'd probably have an amazing time, but... um, you would yeah. probably do it all different. It's yeah, funny. yeah. My last Buenos Aires experience was an absolute disaster because on the 11th of March, 2020, I left Cyprus and I traveled 18 hours to Buenos Aires to find out that the country would close down three days later because of COVID. So my last Buenos yeah. Aires experience was wasn't great either. No. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, you said something there, you see. You said that you 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 went to Buenos Aires and you had done it all wrong. 
Mm. And there is nothing wrong with that. That was your learning experience. Yeah, you know, completely. You do that because we cannot always know everything in advance. Of course, a group like yours can help a lot. But still, I think we can we can learn from other people, but we still have to make our own experience. Oh, I totally agree. And there is this myth, you know, uh, which um, I try to be brutally honest about. Not every holiday or trip or tour is a huge success. And not you don't like every place for whatever reason. I just had a recent experience where I went to, on a, to, to Mauritius um, and I knew it was the wet season and I've done lots of kind of out of season to, trips before, but this, I was absolutely washed away to the point where they closed all the roads and the resort closed half of its, half of, of where I was. And I sat in my room watching Netflix, Netflix videos and reading books for a week. And then I came home. I didn't leave my hotel the whole time because you couldn't go anywhere. It was an absolute disaster. And I hope it doesn't, you know, but obviously lots of people have fabulous holidays at Mauritius. I was just unlucky. So. Yes. And that, but look, look, this, this is, this is life. This of course is, life. It is. This is yeah. what happens to us in life. Not every experience is a good experience. And this makes us appreciate the good stuff more. Yeah. And I think it is okay to say, you know, um, I do feel lonely sometimes on my own, or I do get a little bit upset if I'm in a place, you know, that's bringing back some memories for whatever reason, or I am at that point where I'm looking at something completely incredible and I would love to share it. It's fine to say that. I mean, everybody feels that way or everybody, but I think most people would feel that way. Everybody does. And I think being vulnerable and being able to say, you know, this wasn't really what I had expected or I was a little bit disappointed. Or also another thing that I always say, asking for help is a sign of strength yeah. and a sign of weakness. And when you are somewhere and you feel really uncomfortable, yeah. speak to somebody and say, can you help me? You know, can Absolutely. you help me? I don't know, get back to my hotel or can you yeah. help me? Ask for help and don't yeah. just, you know, because um, unfortunately, uh, the world obviously probably is traveling is made for groups or people or but I think it is a great adventure to go solo it is a great experience and I think it gives you a lot of confidence yeah I think you're right and um as I say and even though you travel solo you just meet some incredible people so it enriches I have found it enriched my life in many ways um I've met people who I may end up traveling with I don't I mean I I don't go exclusively solo. I'd probably go 75% solo. I travel with my with my sister quite a bit and friends and things. But if I'm doing a big trip, I have to say I do prefer to go on my own. It, it has become a little bit um, selfish almost in as much as I'm the kind of person who, if I'm in a group, I will compromise everything to keep everybody happy. I mm -hmm. hate conflict. I hate any kind of uh, upset in the group so when people say what do you want to do I'm like oh I don't mind I'll go with the flow and I and then you come home thinking hang on I've just gone with the flow the whole time and I haven't seen anything that I wanted to see or do so I love going in groups I have groups of girl very close girlfriends we travel you know but I do enjoy going on my own I do too and I still have the tour guide syndrome which means yeah. when I am in a group I feel like I have to look after everybody order for everybody make sure that everybody is happy and I think that will never go away oh I bet I bet do you miss that though do you miss um... oh I do I think that thing never goes away I'm actually going in two weeks I'm taking a group to Jordan just for four days 
like yeah. in good old times. It is, um, I think once the travel bug has bitten you, there is no turning back. And that goes until the end of your life. And that's one thing that, because we're coming to the end already of okay. this recording, okay. but, um, you know, I am 62 and I always say to my friends, I hope to live for another many, many years, but I do know that I will not be as fit as I am now. I'm very yeah. fit, but I don't, you see, once you are in your 60s, yeah. um, things can change of very course. quickly. Yeah. And one thing that we want to tell people, and I'm sure you agree with, agree with me, don't wait, go. Do it now. I agree. Do it now. If you can, do it now. Don't keep putting things off. And you're right. Age is not a limit. There are ladies in my group. I got an email last week from a lady who's 81 and just looking to go off on her own to do so. I mean, age is not a barrier, but you're right in terms of fitness and probably perhaps in confidence. I think as you get older, maybe um, you can get a little bit. I mean, I'm 63 and, and, and yeah, I feel I'm fairly fit, but I, yes, you know, you start <laughs> a little aches in the knees or whatever you think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so whatever age you are, because in, especially in this group, I'm sure other people will listen to this podcast as well, but for the ladies who are over 50 or over 60, don't waste time. Just go, go and try and, and, you know, maybe be disappointed and do it better next time. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it's, if it's a passion and you're, you know, you've got your lots of ladies and people have their bucket, you know, it's just do it. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you see, if it wasn't their passion, they would probably wouldn't be in that group. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You're so Deborah, what's next? What what's what's on your bucket list? What is coming Ooh. for you? So you hear you keep mentioning Jordan. Jordan is on my bucket list. So I might have to pick your brains on that. I've got um I've got a lovely weekend with my sister coming up actually in Valencia. And then I'm obsessed, and this is another foodie thing, because I saw this on um Rick Stein going to Seville and then taking the train down to Jerez and trying the sherry and then going to Cadiz and sitting. I can see myself now sitting on the harbor eating beautiful food in Cadiz. So that's um something I'm kind of plotting, and then I've got a a uh, weekend in Nashville in November, completely other end of the spectrum. So just enjoying lots of different things. I love that. And I think another thing that you need to put on that list is visiting me in Cyprus. I'd love to. Oh my God, I would love to. Yes. So, um, and that is the perfect ending to this podcast episode. Thank oh. you so much for being on Most Memorable Journeys today, Deborah. I. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I will. I'm never lost for for words. I can talk for hours, but that went very quickly. It's so nice to (laughs) chat with you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Okay, see you in Cyprus. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.